Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Wow, you really drew that one out. I did. No shit. I did. (laughs) Pour it out of your mouth. Because on the one hand, I feel guilty. We keep bragging. It's so sunny. But on the other hand, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's so nice. It is so nice. We've got a big house tonight. Indeed. your host tonight, this is Eliza. What's up, my people? Oh. <laughs> just so cringy. Every time you say anything, it's like the most used term. I don't know, man. Is there an answer to that? What is up, your people? Uh, what's, <laughs> oh, what's up, my people? It's Craigslist uh, hey, Special Services. Uh, running the board tonight, erotic. we have Zach. I still exist. Uh, over in the corner, we got Kat. Oh, hi. Hi. And then we got Isaac. Here we go. Next to me, we got Knock. Yes, sir. And we got Terry. Go electric. <laughs> and we got Emma. Uh, Morty Vicar. On the pretty girl couch, <laughs> we have Richard. Hello. And Laws. Wow. <laughs> 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 Next up, we got Douglas. I am here. Charlie. Oh, gee, hey, everybody. <laughs> What's up? Why can't I do that? We got uh, Micah. How dry am I? <laughs> that, well, that was Michael. And then we have Micah. Hi. Then in the peanut gallery tonight, we got Chloe. Just yeah. Hello. Chris. Hey. And Christopher. Christopher. Yeah. All right. Christopher is our, our hard of hearing friend who's who's joining us to watch. That was from the so PC, guy. Liza. I'm surprised. <laughs> well, we've mentioned him before. Don't worry, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Give it some time, baby. So, um, <laughs> we're gonna get to what we did this week because there's been a lot. But I just wanted to, you know, say real quick, you know, thank you to Richard for joining us tonight because I've been hounding you for about two years now. <laughs> come out here and join us and i'm so glad it happened and uh god i hope this turns out to be a good experience for you because i should mention (laughs) there is uh there's tequila being passed around (laughs) a lot of it (laughs) and there is a crazy dog in here charger chirping on cable so this thing just may go a little awry but hey that's kind of the recycle way isn't it we'll make it work so um oh there was so much done this week um Yesterday, Terry and I went up to the Zero Motorcycles, the 10th anniversary. Yep. Laws was there, too. Yes, yes, Laws was there. Show was. And um, they had like 300-something Zero owners show up, and a bunch of us other, you know... Rugrats there running around. Gate crashers. <laughs> <laughs> I was a gate crasher. It was, yes. But um, it was really cool. There were test rides. I got to ride the, um, the FX... R. No, the FX S. S. Supermoto. Supermoto, which I was kind of excited about. But then, how, how do you ruin a test ride? Uh, go painfully slow. Go painfully <laughs> slow. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Was it, it the ride or the guy? No, like they, Zero has to do controlled rides that we never surpassed the speed limit. So, like, we were doing 27 and a 30. 
Yeah, I think um, oh. I think Richard, you you do uh, very controlled test rides for for your company as well. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. Well, we'll, the same. We'll, yeah. we'll get to that, Lars. Um, so I never. I, I when I got back, they said, "How was it?" I said, "It felt like I never got out of the driveway." <laughs> I, Oh, that's unfortunate. I, I, yeah, but it was it was a cool bike, and it was a good event, uh, um, but I really enjoyed seeing Terry speak. And I had no idea that you can actually be funny while trying to be. Was I, I, don't even, I haven't even seen my own uh, speech yet, so I don't know how it was, but a lot of people did say it was good. I'm, I'll have to figure out why. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorites was when you're showing the slideshow of your the evolution of your bike. But when you first got your bike, one of the benefits you soon discovered of having an electric bike that you riding around on the fourth floor of college dorm rooms, yeah, <laughs> yes. down the hallways at two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> middle of the night, barnstorming the dorm room. Yes, no, no RAs ever woke up ever. <laughs> <laughs> never <we got>. <laughs> <laughs> So and there's a just a, must have had a big <laughs> elevator. Yeah. yeah, well, there's a picture yeah. that we showed of four of us in the elevator with the zero, and we, you know, riding up. It was yeah, it was pretty funny, but yeah. So happy anniversary to Zero. That was really cool. They had speakers and food and rides and factory tours, and um, Luke was there with his drone flying curiously. Close and directly at people. Directly yeah. at. Oh, he almost got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Laws looked up and then he dropped the the drone really quick. They're just and Laws had to like duck and run. I thought it it, I thought it was like a comment on my on my hairdo or something. I thought he was trying to give me a, a new haircut. Yeah. So you got zeros and you got drones and then the, someone even brought one of the one wheels, which looks like a tilt board on a wheel that's electric Segway balancing thing. It's another thing here in Santa Cruz. A one wheeled skateboard. You guys have got a lot of things here. Young kids are doing these days. So, so many things. <laughs> yeah, so we like things in Summer <laughs> We like things. It's pretty good. It was cool. But then um, uh, Laws, who I met yesterday, who you're here from Australia, mm. um, you got to go for a ride today with Knock up in the hills. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Liza lent me her, uh, her Super Duke uh, 990, which is a... Terrific, uh, oh, terrific bike. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I could almost keep up with Knock on his Supermoto. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you guys have got some amazing roads out here, and uh, yeah, like holy shit to be able to come to a uh, to a strange town and there are a few stranger than Santa Cruz and uh, and have uh, have people throw me not only their newest bike but also the only bike that they would take it up the ass for uh, <laughs> so thanks Liza that was yeah, and we were fucking able to brilliant scavenge gear from the uh, donation room and some of my stuff and get you out there. there's, there's oh, like charger. <laughs> there's like two other humans on the planet that are like the same size as me and one of them's you so <laughs> that's awesome. uh, really I'm a good really company. cool and I know why you like that bike too you Pervert. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a great up the butt bike. It's nice, huh? Uh, it, it's it is freaking nice. I've only got, only got one testicle, but it's still oscillating at about sixty five hundred uh, shakes per second. So, yeah, that's the yeah. feel. Sinak, mm. did you turn it up? Are you like, no, I want to see what this guy's got. No, we just it was just a regular fun brisk pace. I uh, just made sure that uh, I wasn't an impediment in any way, and it seems like everybody had a lot of fun. So yeah. it, was, it was certainly no impediment. Yeah. <laughs> Charger's gonna Nox, give himself a victory. Regular fun brisk pace was the most exercise I got. There, there was a, there was a, <laughs> that sounds about right. There was a point tonight where Knock showed up to the garage and 
lopped off of his uh, uh, XR 650R and <laughs> ran into the garage, grabbed a gas can, yeah. hopped on a moped, <laughs> and was like, get the fuck out of my way. I got a mission right now. Yeah. What happened? Uh, the Super Dukes are thirsty. <laughs> Isn't that right, Lars? Yeah, I was thinking, there's something wrong with the fueling here. It's doing weird stuff like not going anymore. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you obviously ran out of gas. Where? I did. I have no idea. I have by no the, idea where I've been the whole last by week. By the so. university. We were the uh, Felton Empire. Coming right on back the to the garage. Coming back. We're literally it's all downhill from miles. there. What's it's like, that? I know. It's, it's like five miles, maybe. Yeah. 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 The, the fuel light's broken, by the way. Yeah. I do appreciate. Laws does know. I guess this is a universal code. When he's out with my bike and my phone rings and he is, hey, this is Laws. And you go like, uh, and he goes, Everything's okay. Your bike is okay. That's the opener. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Okay. I joined these two on the ride, but Charger hadn't had any exercise, and I ended up overheating two things on the Zero today I've never overheated before. <laughs> we were racing up Felton Empire, and I Were had they your balls? <laughs> the first was the motor, and this is the new IPM motor, which is not supposed to overheat, but I'm carrying Charger and extra an extra supercharger and an extra battery and tailcase, and, uh, and you know, Knock, of course, is tearing it up, and I was originally... Uh, right behind him and Laws was behind me but then I said Laws you gotta pass me I'm seeing a, a temperature light and then going down the hill we eventually come to a stop and I squeeze the front brake all the way to the handlebar and I just pass <laughs> right by Laws okay. the, uh, I cook the front Terry, brake yeah. we're having a talk right now yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is an intervention Terry last week you were here right, right? and I pointed out you mentioned that oh, your rear brake doesn't work yeah, God, I, yeah, I might I get, I might get around to fixing that. <laughs> and uh, I said, Terry, you really need that. You said, no, I don't no. ever use it. I don't, I don't use it. Well, today I could have used it. <laughs> and I said, but Terry, you only got one. You should have another one, even if it's a backup. You're like, you know, Liza, I really don't need it. I'm able to stop so well with that front brake. That rear wheel just comes right up in the air. <laughs> Except when it's smoking. And I said, you know, <laughs> if you had both brakes, you wouldn't need to put one wheel in the air. Yeah, hey, listen, um, listen, Charger, doesn't, hey. Charger can't handle it when you tell Terry off too much. So, I know. Uh, yeah. And then you told me, it's okay, I'll take it up to zero and get a fix well, guess, this week. Well, guess what I'm going to do this week. I'm going to get a backup brake. See, next yeah. week he's going to be going, you know, the engine braking, it's just so great. I don't need any, any brakes. <laughs> I might don't even worry about brakes. All they do is make you go slow, bro. That's right. Uh, <laughs> don't need anything slowing you down. Well, you know, brakes are for people with poor planning anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, though, the biggest news is we had a couple people showing up today with new-to-them bikes. We had uh, Megan, who was here last week with her janky scooter. Who um, was the on the was it Elite Elite scooter? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, and, yeah, and, it was and, Elite um, It started. I think she needed a new belt, new clutch, and a shop quoted her four hundred dollars plus labor. Yikers! Yeah, on her scooter, which I'm like, what? I buy like the Chinese parts on eBay for like thirty bucks, but I don't know. Um, so she decided to ditch it, and she went and bought a Honda Shadow five hundred. Yes, right. and so she was here, and uh, fantastic. Zach jumped right in and helped her get that straightened out because she rode it, and then it blew a fuse and died on her. And she didn't know what was wrong. So, oh really? Well, yeah, we got that. Well, it wasn't actually a blue fuse, but it was also some corroded connections. Well, it, mm. it, it blew a fuse, but it was an old 
tape style fuse. Yeah. So it you couldn't really find an easy replacement. So we actually spliced in an inline glass fuse box so that she could replace it easier. And uh, her brakes were really, really, really bad. I thought so, you shoved the ball of foil in there. And just no, no, <laughs> we, we, we discussed it. No, we, 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 we I, bl I bled the front and I adjusted the rear so that it's all set up proper. I rode with her back to UCSC and she's actually she's looking better, but she's only been riding two days, so yeah. we'll see. Good. Fingers crossed. Yeah. No, she looked good. But there's another new bike in the family now. A super new bike. Micah, are you on the mic? I am. How come I can't hear you? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Don't be shy. So Micah is all has been always known as the lingerer who is Charlie's girlfriend. That that's Liza's definition. Finally, of you. Yeah, that's definitely she not has, everyone. She has stick, man. No, no, no. <laughs> she stepped up and is now becoming like her own person and own identity and got a bike out. And she's not just... Do you remember? Not, I warned you about this. Yeah. I told you about this. She's not day. just the girlfriend who's happy to ride on the back. She's Again, this is Liza's definition. And Liza hasn't even had any of that tequila. I, she I has will, stepped up. I will in say... In Liza's I will say that when I, when, I went, so when I went to that track day with Micah, she was like, I don't think Liza likes me. And I was like, you just need to ride and she, it'll happen. You're not supposed to tell her that. <laughs> no, it's okay. I feel Micah, comfortable. She's we are. I'll tell you anyways. <laughs> we are stoked that you got a bike now. It's. it's Hell a, yeah. I'm very 1990. excited. It's a '96. It's a um, GS 500E. Great bike. Yes, uh, I'm very excited. You get on it and you can flat foot. And it's, yeah. it's going to be a great beginner bike for you. I wish I had started out on a bike like that. Honestly, yeah. that is a perfect beginner bike. It will serve oh. you well, and you won't. You grow out of it super quickly. I was a little concerned until I saw it yeah. that it was going to be too tall or too heavy for you, but now that I see it... it, it it's honestly like the perfect size for me. Yeah. It's, and it's a good for bike. the great price. Exactly. I got yeah. it very cheap. Was, so, Mike, I just want you to know that I am very proud of you that you've you stepped up, did everything, got the gear, took the class, learned to ride, and got a good bike. You seem to be, for your age, you actually seem to be making the right decision. So, you're doing a good job. Thank you. Yeah. Golf well, class. She's a golf woman class. at her age. Yeah. Of course she's Much smarter. Respect. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Much respect. More, more dirt is going to be your key here. Definitely. She, Definitely. she didn't take a the class yet. I'm I, taking the class this week. I, I was up at Road Rider last week, and uh, there was a guy there. He was getting all new gear, and I was like, what do you ride? He's like, I don't even ride yet. And I was like, you're getting the whole set of gear now? And he's like, yeah. I was like, fuck you for doing it the right way. <laughs> I was <laughs> the only person I've ever yeah. met to do it that way. I was <laughs> talking to Micah last, ni last night on Facebook, and, and I'm like, oh, well, you can just like go on back roads and things. And she's like, well, I I'm going to wait until I get my permit. I'm like, what? Yeah, I mean that does make sense. <laughs> Following the law and shit. <laughs> it's like one of those afterthoughts that I hadn't even like bridged my mind. I'm like, oh well, I well, guess she's that's a bad influence. She wants you to done. ride dirty. The yes. only reason for that is that I got a scholarship from uh, the CHP 1199 Foundation this year, which was very generous. Nice. And nice. So rad. Because nice. of that, I want to be very, very safe and legal because I want another scholarship next year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I had like a, a like idea. a hockey mask and like a baseball mitt, and got on a GSXR 750, and was like, "Let's do this! <laughs> Let's do it!" You're probably you're probably more right than I am. But we also got to give you credit for taking the right person with you to buy the bike and to talk the price down, Emma. Yeah. What was what was the asking price? Um, 
Well, originally he started at 2500 No, ah. he was dreaming. <laughs> well, now, hang on. Yeah, dreaming. And he recently reduced the price to 1500 Wow, and that's what, a big and reduction. And, and what, what did you talk him down to? 900 There you go. <laughs> did you, did you see like the bike, it. though? No. Yeah. The bike is clean. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, 3,000 miles. miles. Yeah, it's yeah, 3,000 miles. It's fantastic. totally worth 1,500 bucks. Right. Oh, yeah. But to be totally fair, um, it does need tires, not least because the tires are the original tires. Oh. So, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, geez. 20 years old? 20-year-old no. tires, nasty Ooh. tires. Um, Micah, the first thing you learn is a burnout. Yeah. The first thing you learn is how to stop. No. Can we please do a burnout with those, though? Please. Burnouts are really oh, just God. advanced stopping, Doug. Like, come on now. But. <laughs> Don't hurt my bike. Right. How? All right, we're good. I like that you took <laughs> It won't hurt the bike, only the tire. That I don't was care a about yes. the tires. Don't hurt my bike. Potentially the clutch if you do it wrong. Can, can we bring the bike in here and do the, the first burnout? <laughs> can we do that right now? Like, why do we not have a game of feeler up? going on right oh, now. Yeah, let's do that. Can we do that ring of fire again? <laughs> so, yeah, congratulations. And, yep. and Emma, thank you for helping her out. Um, yes, Emma. You're welcome, uh, It's Mike. always thank good so to much. get a good friend to go with you to yeah, help point out sure. the things. There's, you know, there's a checklist you have to do when you go to look right. at a new bike. And, and if you don't know how to make that checklist, you got to rely on a friend to make that checklist for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Even Simple if you things. know how to make that checklist, somebody else might have a different checklist than yeah. you do, and it's always good to get a second pair of eyes. And, yeah. you know, sometime in the future, um, we've got a very busy show tonight, but what I would like to do at sometime in the future is just run over a few basics. So if anybody's listening or yeah. thinking about buying their first bike, we've, we've we done can that say this is A couple is of years ago, great. We, we did do it. We, we should touch on it again. Yeah. Yeah, we should we, yeah. we should redo it again as well. Yeah. We will be. But you know what bike even the best like Emma could not dicker the price down. Oh I try. I try. I, as, try as you might. Uh, Richard Hatfield is here from Lightning Motors. Hey, that's and, a nice segue. Hey, like that? <laughs> Shazang. <laughs> Shazang. And then Laws, we got you here. Um, you did a write up on the <coughs> LS218. Richard's crazy, crazy bike. And so you're the only one in the room besides Richard who's ridden it, so I figured you'd be more believable than he is. <laughs> <laughs> so you get to give us your, your take on it. So, Richard, thank you for coming out here. Like I said, I've been trying to get you out here for a while because um, you know we always tell everyone um, we're we are literally in ground zero for electric motorcycles. And nice pun. All of the, <laughs> with all of the uh, uh, other companies we've already talked to, Lightning is a is an amazing bike, and a lot of people haven't heard of it. We talk about Zero all the time because they're the ones who are really going out there and um, making a bike that is a commuter bike. It's a utility bike. It's an affordable. They're making an everyman bike. You're not making an everyman bike, but you're making a bike that has amazing numbers. And so I wanted you to quickly talk about what's the horsepower on this bike? What's the output? So the the basic bike is 200 plus horse at the rear wheel. Uh, yes. Okay. I just what? want to get everyone's Wait, attention. Say that again. What? What? Yes. what, what, what? <laughs> but we we have been shipping them now at 248 horse. At the okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Four wheeled vehicles that don't make those numbers. Woo! 
What? Right. <laughs> right. My station wagon back home makes uh, makes 130 horsepower. <laughs> My first pickup truck wasn't even close. <laughs> the S2000 off the line in the year 2000 made two, 240 horsepower. Well, so the horsepower is not the most At impressive peak. number, though. At yeah, peak. it's the scary thing. Because I've ridden, uh, I've ridden lots of uh, lots of 200 horsepower motorcycles, but uh, but the when it comes to electric, it's all about that that massive torque. Like 200 horsepower is almost misleading. All right, so let's get a couple more numbers, and then I want uh, Laws to tell <clears throat> his experience. So, what is a a lot of people are concerned about charging times. Uh, and I've told my tales of woe of <laughs> being stuck with Terry trying to find chargers and waiting for our bikes yeah, to charge don't get, come don't, home. Don't go on a ride with Knock. <laughs> uh, You're yeah. on an electric motorcycle. Um, <laughs> so what's range, charging time, what's the basics that people need to know about this bike? So the, the range is three different battery sizes. So mm-hmm. the, the small ones, 80 to 90 miles. The big ones, 140 to 150 miles. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the charging time is under 30 minutes with oh, a shit. DC Whoa. charger. Well, that that changes the whole game right that's what i'm talking about um you're making a performance bike this thing is amazing so laws you had you had an opportunity to ride this this was last year right yeah it feels like forever ago uh yeah um so I had I had seen um, I'd seen the Lightning bike. Yeah, I'd written about it a little bit for uh, New Atlas, and uh, I was kind of like, I've, I've got to ride this thing. I've just got to do it because I'd only just got off the Zero SR, and that thing blew my mind. And that was like seventy horsepower. Right. And I thought, I can't even imagine what a two hundred horsepower electric bike is going to feel like. So I finally chased uh, chased uh, Richard and Jojo down, and uh, you guys were flying all over the place, and I was flying all over the place, and I uh, just came and banged on the door, and he's like, "Oh, for Christ's sake! All right, go on, off you go." <laughs> and uh, uh, around town, let me tell you, it's a pussycat. It's um, it's actually really easy because one of the great things with electric is that you can like there's no emissions to worry about. There's there's no weird kind of power curves in the engine and all that sort of stuff. You can map the throttle to give you as much twist at a at a particular time as, as you like. So it's actually really easy to ride. Mm-hmm. So describe to us what this bike looks like. What what kind of bike is this? It's, sports it's, bike, touring bike. It's a pure sports bike. Yeah, sports bike. Okay. And it's got to be one of the best looking bikes I've ever seen. Right. Um, it's a guy called Glyn Kerr who used to write a, a motorcycle design column for all the um, international magazines, and he designed it, I believe. And um, yeah, the the Calfi shops helping you work on those uh, fairings yeah. now and all that sort of stuff. So it's all carbon. Um, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful motorcycle. You know, what does uh, it weigh? I don't know. <clears throat> it's uh, f- with with a small battery. It's four hundred ninety five pounds. Yeah, okay. full, full full of electrons. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Of course. <laughs> and, and, if, if, if I can, it's powered away. So, right. but if I can just touch on how this thing looks, um, a few of us saw one at Hollister show a couple of months back and it takes your breath away it's blue when you oh, yeah. see it it's blue but and you're like oh, fuck me that thing is it's mind-boggling just how it looks but emma if it was painted dog do brown and had oh, a horse head on the front <laughs> it's still i'm talking about the performance oh yeah the charging time well, all these b- things is before amazing before you even get into this you could you could make the best performance motorbike in the world but if it looked like a sack of shit this thing <laughs> right. is beautiful and, so and it does what it's meant to do which begs the question your market what's the market as far as 
what's the target market? What's who buys right. the bike? Who buys the bike? What do they do with it? So so far, the majority of the people that are buying the bike are are Tesla owners that have some kind of European or Japanese sport bike. Okay. So they want that Tesla electric vehicle experience, you know, on on their sport bike. So. Laws, you've ridden the S1000RR. Yep. And you've ridden the Kawasaki... H2, yep. H2. How do those compare to the Lightning, the Ellis? The, the Lightning bike shits <laughs> look on at all his, of them. <laughs> the look at his it, face says everything. <laughs> it, it shits on everything from a great height. It's... Uh, <laughs> do, you know, do you know the torque, the torque numbers of the S1000RR versus the Lightning? I don't, but I know it's like twice as much torque or something like it, it's a, it's around twice as much torque as your average four cylinder mm-hmm. um talky ass go fast super bike but right. it gives you all of the torque anytime <laughs> i, I, I want to say the s1000r has like 87 uh foot pounds of torque and richard slightly right. over 200 foot pounds yeah, so, so the, oh. the same right. the same horsepower but double the torque at all rpms so i wanted the, everyone to just kind of get an idea of what we're talking about this is an amazing bike that every biker needs to know it exists because it's it's crazy but it's the as world's fastest said, production motorcycle it, it, it as, is as measured at bonneville it, yes um, but i want to go back <laughs> nice wayne's world reference there. <laughs> i want to go back richard i want to get to know richard and his lineage and his history where you come from as a biker to build some monster like this so um when did you start riding at uh uh the, the first motorcycle i had bought when i was 12 years old yeah was that paper route money or something it was actually <laughs> so yeah I, I grew up in iowa my mm-hmm. parents had a house in the country so every summer i'd work doing agricultural jobs save up my money and buy a bigger better bike and, mm-hmm. and what was that bike the first one was a 200 ducati scrambler nice <laughs> Perfect nice. bikes. And then what was the next few bikes you had? Uh, the, the next bike that I traded that for was the Nick Summer, was a 250 Mark IV Ducati. <laughs> uh, the next bike after that, uh, my 16th birthday, was a Dunstall converted 810 uh, Norton. <laughs> How are you still alive? Yeah, that's a good we question. We have like huh? two people in the Lucky? room who know what that is. <laughs> One of them um, uh, just yeah, creamed themselves. I just had an accident. <laughs> <laughs> good thing you no got your accident. depends on. Um, <laughs> well, that depends. Yeah, do, you, do you want? Do you want to keep sharing more bikes you've had? Do you want to rattle yeah, the, some off? The, the next one was uh, 750 H2 Kawasaki. There we go. Oh, uh, 750 Widowmaker. Widowmaker. Yeah. Yes. I work, so, I work so. with a buddy who had a 550 and a 750. And uh, he tells me stories like when, when I'm at work, and it's just it's an unbelievable bike. I've never ridden one, but it's basically three 250 dirt bike motors on a mm-hmm. common right, right. <laughs> all, all in time, all in the same. Yeah. And you know, at that period of time, um, the Japanese bikes had all the power. Yeah. No handling. No, no, no brakes. brakes. So um, <laughs> all go, no stop, no cornering. Right. <laughs> Well, in Iowa, who needs to stop? You just got straight roads, right? That's, well, there's a couple corners. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, laughs> straight roads at the end of the cornfields. Yeah. <laughs> to get to the next state, you have to take a right. <laughs> so, you're, and your dad was a rider too? Yeah, my dad rode. You know, I think I, I think he actually had a Cushman at one point. Oh, nice. wow. <laughs> nice. nice. 
So you grew up with this, and you've, you've never stopped. You just kept riding bikes throughout your life? Pretty much. I mean, there was a period of time when... Um, when I had kids and they were growing up and I didn't write as much but uh-huh. uh, once uh, they moved out of the house then I started writing a lot more again nice and then um, so how did you go from having a love of bikes as a kid to I want to I want to I want to start a company and build crazy following bikes following too many Priuses I think yeah, yeah. Yep, that'll do it yeah what, what, so, what bridged that gap yeah so I, I was Riding bikes um, and actually racing cars, SECA. Okay, there we go. And uh, ah. a, a group. I got the need. A, a the need speed. for speed. I think I've peed. <laughs> group, a group of people I knew in San Mateo were building an electric Porsche to run in a in a national event oh, in, really? okay. in Phoenix, and I was racing open wheel Mazdas. They asked if I would drive it, and in the process, I got really interested in how the whole vehicle worked. And so we raced it for two years, and I kept thinking that, you know, an electric drive system and a motorcycle would make a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. So in 2006, I talked to a friend of mine out of an old R1 race bike with a blown engine, and we put lithium batteries in and an industrial drive and an induction motor and, and built an electric sport bike. Do you have a background in engineering or something? Um, not uh, computer software engineering, but I've been involved in, in building projects my whole life. Yeah, so you're a tinkerer, and then with the car, it sounds like you got the, uh, the whole race, speed, engineering, uh, making it happen. So you, were you doing your own wrenching on your bikes? Yeah, doing a lot of it, yeah. Nice, nice. It's like the perfect storm, huh? I know. And we're, are you doing mostly, like, street, track, long distance? Have you ridden across other countries? What kind of riding do you do? Um, yeah, mostly street riding. All right. You're just a lifer then, huh? Uh, so what, what's your daily go-to? Well, right now? <laughs> I, I, I ride lightning. So. <laughs> <laughs> what would you ever ride anything okay, else? Okay, so, so <laughs> let's say you don't do electric bikes. What, what's your daily go-to? Well, or what, was well, what were you riding before that? Yeah, that was what was the last go-to? bike you were riding? The, the last two bikes I had was a 1098 Ducati and, okay. a, and a 650 uh, oh. Triumph. Uh, uh, one of the, um, uh, not the Bonneville, but the um, TR6. Oh, okay. Tiger. Yeah. Great bike. Cool. So you have a, you have good, good taste in bikes. All right. So this is where this is coming from. So then you get this crazy idea. You want to start doing this. And you had in mind that you wanted it to be a performance sport bike. Was there other companies already established? Now, in 2006, when we when we did the lithium sport bike, mm-hmm. no one had done it, as far as we know. Okay, because back then Terry Zero was just still doing dirt bikes, right? Yeah, they were just starting. It wasn't wasn't until four years later that I didn't even have a Zero yet that I first met Richard. We met in Virginia, a little over six years ago. 2010, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was at uh, Virginia International Raceway, I think, right. for the TTXGP. Right, the the last race of the season. Yep, that's right. So, all right, and. Let's see. What's what would be other than creating the, the lightning as a rider? I want to get to know more about Richard the rider. What is one of your biggest uh, achievements or accomplishments riding? Did you do like great speeds or broke some records? Uh, no, not. Did uh, you jump a canyon? Fast no. charge. <laughs> just 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 riding. So you're yeah. a, you're a smart rider then. 
Not that smart. Come on, come on. What would you say your biggest challenge is in in this industry? Oh, you know, it's an industry that requires um, huge amounts of capital. You know, you're competing against Kawasaki mm-hmm. heavy industries yeah. that mm-hmm. build ships and, and right. cranes and, you know, a Honda and Yamaha. And, and KLRs. And, and <laughs> so, you know, trying to, uh, trying to build a company using this technology mm-hmm. um, is... Uh, one of the biggest problems some of the other companies have had is taking on investors very quickly mm-hmm. and then losing control of the company and then the company going off yeah. the tracks. There, so, there's a lot of things that us as writers don't think about, and it, it's, it's the business aspect. That's trying to, what I was trying to get at is, is like there are the hurdles you must seem or uh, get every day or every month or whatever is, is investors and and trying to meet company quotas and and it's not just the business side like as soon as you start doing something with electric there's there's you know basic technology challenges that you're coming up against with you know charging times and charging standards sure. and and uh and battery you know battery range and all these sort of different things that you know that are slowly improving but uh you know, that, well, that is still keeping a lot well, I'll tell you, I think, I think Richard went through this. I know that uh, Bramo Zero, you know, back in 2008, everybody remember gas prices had been going up. They were like a dollar a gallon in 1999. And by 2008, they were $4 a gallon. California, they were 5 I think a lot of people thought that if this continued, electric is obviously the answer. And then a couple of years later, we had the economy crash and everything else. And there were companies that just uh, weren't quite prepared for it. So the fact that Lightning Motors is still around and Zeros right. is still around, we We've had a lot of companies mm-hmm. that got into the electric motorcycle business that aren't here today because they uh, they didn't have that plan in their business model that fuel prices might go down and you know they were sort of relying on that for people to look toward an alternative. Um, so I got a question. So the the LS218 that you've designed, did you design that for the market or did you design that for you? Does that make sense? Because yeah, there wasn't it, a market when you started doing this. So how did you figure out so what we, your goal was? So we we did. We did the R1 to see that it would work, and it had 65 horsepower and would go 75 miles or so on a charge. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the handling was still like an R1; it wasn't the weight wasn't too much different. The next bike that we did was for the first uh, Isle of Man TT, although we didn't actually take it mm-hmm. over in 2009. Okay. And uh, the CTO of the current CTO of Tesla provided an EV1 motor out of one of the general uh, motors who killed the electric cars mm-hmm. out of one of the crushed ones. And we built a bike that we raced in 2010 oh, really? with that. And uh, when we built that bike, uh, you know, it, it ended up being heavier and a lot more power. We took it to Bonneville. We raced it. We we raced it uh, in road races and won the 2010 championship. And so when we started building the LS218, mm-hmm. it was, you know, how do we take this to the next level? If we take everything that we've learned so far and everything that, uh, how do we build the best electric bike possible at that point? And that was our goal. And, well, and the, the big goal was how do we build something electric that will compete with the best gas bikes, which seemed like a uh-huh. totally ridiculous, crazy goal at the time. And, and you know, the thing I like that you've done, Richard, you haven't competed with the gas bikes. Gas bikes. You've just like, screw you guys. Well, They're so far behind. Right Let's now. talk about some of the accomplishments. So you took the bike to Bonneville. How, how did it do? Uh, so we set a record of one 
73 with the EV1 bike, and we brought the OS218 out and bumped the record to 215.9, oh, and then went through the timing <laughs> lights at 218.6. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you did pretty good at Bonneville. <clears throat> uh, you took it to Pike's Peak. How did the How did it do uh, there? Uh, can, can I ask yeah. what were you running for air pressure during that that record? Uh, we were sub thirty pounds during that record. Twenty. I think 26, Did, did you find that you needed to air down or air up from what you thought we, it was going to be? We had to air down to get traction. Okay. Right. So if you make enough power at Bonneville, the salt's not very grippy. So if you make enough power, you go to the point that aerodynamic drag equals yeah. traction. Mm-hmm. I, I've written on the salt, and it's it's odd. It's, hmm. it's like nothing else. It's, it's almost like riding on water. Hmm. Wow. It's got a fluidity to it. It's not very confidence-inspiring, <laughs> you know. But so, at, at what speed do you feel that sensation? Oh, off the, out of the gate, really. Oh, absolutely. It's it, you're the moment your bike starts moving, you realize you're not on tarmac. Okay. It's very fluid underneath you, and, it's and you get used to it. But it's it's very disconcerting. At you first. know who is out there right now is Josh. Right. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Josh Herman. Yeah. Yep. Still there? No oh, shit. Uh, cool. he, he was there very recently. Cool. So then you went to Pikes Peak in 2012, was it? 2013. 13. How'd you do there? Uh, We won first overall, fastest fastest bike up the mountain. Uh, How far behind you was second place? Uh, A little over 20 seconds. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Smoked it. Smoked it. That's that's with no traction control, nothing special. So basically, Is that yeah, true? yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Richard's rider got to the top and got his helmet off and got a cigarette lit. You know, he <laughs> <laughs> was, was that guy at the end of the twisties. We should He's get like, yeah. Mike. Oh yeah, I'm halfway through. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, right. This was in the movie. This was the movie. Yes, this was in Sunday. Andy was saw. quiet enough to make a phone call while doing it. So it's not so much and the cornering, wait. it's it's getting to the next corner. No, it's, it's, ac- it's actually... Uh, okay, go ahead. No, sorry, I'm talking over you. That's <laughs> right. No, it, it's actually a couple of things. One is there's less gyroscopic... Uh, effect in an electric bike right so that it, it actually transitions side to side in the 156 corners right. uh, better than a gas bike mm-hmm. and it's very very predictable and the torque is very linear so gotcha. you could come out of the corner and just give it everything the tire will take as soon as you're starting to stand the bike up and with that level of torque the acceleration is you know it's uh Strong. Yeah, strong. Understatement. You're the one who had to put the car alarm car on. Car alarm. It, right? yeah. On oh, it. that was yeah. so funny. Yeah. Going up the mountain. And we, and was, uh, we still had somebody step in front of the bike on, oh, the, on the during the race. And that was uh, Carlin Dunn. Carlin riding? Dunn. Yeah. yeah. So all right. So you, you broke, made a record there, and then uh, you were at the. Is it the TTGXP? TTXGP. Yeah. TXGP, which is the electric bike races. Doug, we saw that up at Sonoma. Mm-hmm. And how'd you do there? <laughs> uh, we we won in 2010 the championship, yeah. and then 2012 we went to Le Mans and did the world championship, which we talked Miguel Duhamel mm-hmm. into coming out oh, of wow. out of retirement, and he rode it, and we won the the final race at Le Mans. 
Does nice. it ever get tired, like tiring, <laughs> saying, "Oh, we won, <laughs> we won that one too." Oh, we came in in first by like 20, 20 30 seconds. Well, we've like. we've we've been to the Iowa Man TT twice, and and uh, we haven't had a good result there. We had to ship the bike over in parts hmm. and assemble it there. Oh. So it's. Uh, How did you end up going this year? Uh, we didn't go this year, but I think okay. we're going to go next year. Try it again. What class do you race in at, at Isle of Man? There's a, a court, there's a tra- an event called the TT Zero, mm-hmm. and Honda's won it uh, the last three years with John McGinnis on the bike. Um, before that, uh, Michael Sizz won it for right. I think three years. So yeah, it's uh, it's probably the the toughest and the most important race in the world for what, electrics. What so, makes that one particularly tough? Yeah. Aside from is it that's because it's electrics. a long circuit? Or? Yeah, it's it's thirty eight miles. Yeah. So that's a lot for an electric bike. And there's places where you can go over two hundred miles an hour. Oh wow! So okay. and and you've got a lot of altitude that mm-hmm. you're taking. So it takes a lot of battery. You can go really fast. And you're you know you're racing on two hundred year old cobblestone roads and with stone walls on each end of it. So can I ask you like, who you race all, uh, your electric bike and you and you win races? Who's doing your suspension? Uh, so we we've had Race Tech. Um, Paul Feed from Racetech mm-hmm. did a lot of work on our suspension mm-hmm. uh, TTX GP. Uh, we've also worked um, with Super Plush on only suspension and David cool. Bayron. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask because you can make a bike fast, as we all know, but what are the components you're putting on these bikes? We're so, <clears throat> and brakes? Drumbo brakes. Yeah. All right. So you're putting all the best that you can on there. We are. We're, we're trying to make... I mean, you can't sell... We can't sell a cheap electric bike right now. The technology's too expensive. So we have to put all the other components on it to make the bike worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Right. The, the thing that you guys are showing, too, is, um, again, we talk about Zero and and Alta and Bolt, you know, they're all kind of fitting different niches, and Zero's hitting that consumer, uh, the, the commuter market. Um but you're showing what an electric bike can do beyond that if you pay a little bit more which uh, we might as well say what's the the price structure yeah it's, uh, it starts at 38,000 mm-hmm. so it's uh, sign me up well you know 30 and then for the the long <laughs> Haven't paid off long battery it's another 8,000 for the uh, the 20 kilowatt hour battery right. all right That's but you know three what? series you guys, yeah, yeah. I was I was talking uh, talking to you earlier, and I was saying, you know, look at um, we talked about Arch motorcycles, Keanu Reeves. They're making, you know, a custom bike that's a per, you know, performance heavy and beautiful bike, and those are going for what, like seventy something? Yeah. You're making a top of the line performance vehicle. Can't you just put a little fan in the front that powers the battery <laughs> as you get on the road? Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, a lot of people have suggested that. <laughs> I know. Sure. I'm sure Electric Terry gets that kind of shit all the time. Yeah, you know the little bicycle generator that makes your headlight go on? <laughs> just put that on the back wheels. Like, you know, Terry, you should get a giant hamster wheel. Charger. <laughs> and the charger can run oh, in the man. hamster wheel and regenerate your battery. She's a, quite a powerful energy source that dog yeah <laughs> no so 38 at first you get a sticker shock but when you're comparing it to these these ex- there's expensive bikes that are boutique bikes and you're making a race bike i mean to get a performance bike and to upgrade everything get it set up to race at the level your bike is doing you're looking at that much or more 
And so, I promise you, Confederates or, or Keanu's bike, they cannot do what this thing does. No, no kidding. No. So you you have this 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 bike y'all made. Um, have you thought about going towards like dirt bikes or supermoto or adventure touring bikes? Yeah. So what's next? So. Yeah, I think, you know, some of the other... Kind of, Alt is doing a great job on the supermoto bike. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the next bike that we're doing, we're building a group uh, to start testing now, is more of a kind of 750cc equivalent bike that's, okay. that's $18,000, $19,000. So around 100 horsepower, uh, 40, 50 pounds less. Um, this will be the the economy. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a hundred horse. <laughs> so. uh, but that's going to be in the same style. Yeah, so we'll, we'll make a sport bike version of it, mm-hmm. and then something uh, kind of uh, like the FZ6R, a little more upright bars, okay. a little bit lower pegs. Um, something between uh, Tuano FZ6R and uh, Super Duke. Okay. Something that. So, all right. Oh, here I got a question for you. What What are the numbers that you think are going to tip the scales for the economy? Because there has to be, there's got to be a purchase price, a charging time, and a range. What's the magic numbers that you think is just going to turn this world upside down and everyone is going to go electric? Yeah, I don't think everyone's going to go electric immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, well, but th- there are some compelling reasons uh, to. But it's I think take a few generations. Yeah, I think it no might happen sooner than that. Yeah, but, I think but it's not good. everyone, but we'll see more and more of them. <laughs> but I, I think you know between under thirty minutes to recharge. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can stop, hit the restroom, drink a soda, you know, and then get back on the bike in half an hour, go for another hundred and fifty mile ride. Um, you know, you're starting to get close. But I think the the price has to make sense. You know, if you look at the great values you can buy in gas bike, uh, you know, it's hard to get someone to step up and pay, you know, twice as much or one and a half times as much mm-hmm. without a pretty compelling reason. Yeah. So, you know, the, the price, the, the performance, I think, is... is is doable. The price is going to take volume, you know, and, and the batteries mm-hmm. need to get cheaper. But I think the the charge times are, are are getting close. Right, and it's not just the charge time; it's the infrastructure as well, because <coughs> you've got to be able to find that charging station that you can charge in thirty minutes. Or are you talking about a bike that can charge itself in thirty minutes? No, um, you, you need to, to charge a bike with a big battery in 30 minutes, you need uh, a DC charger. Right. And so, there, I think in the West Coast now, there's something like 3,000 mm-hmm. DC yeah. chargers that are T- available. Terry can speak on this. Yeah, and they're getting put in literally every day. I mean, Highway 101 now has got the DC combo charger, which is the J1772 equivalent for any of our EV tech guys that are listening. The, the other standard is Chatamo, and that was the mm-hmm. first to market, but it's sort of fading out. It's not fading out they're trying to catch up but they uh i don't know richard you want to talk about the st- standard you're doing is that not public yet or, or so if so if you're if you're joe schmo off the street and you want to charge this thing at home how do you charge it at home just plug well, it into the joe schmo doesn't yeah, buy so this kind of bike though you know that's really well i mean you you can plug into just a standard 110 i mean we were out on a, on a ride and we were running low okay. we we unplugged a Pepsi machine and plugged it into. Nice. <laughs> we siphoned some electrons. So normally it's a. Well, Doug, if you look at my parents who have the Leaf and the Tesla, my dad right. has a charging station he set up out in his driveway. But so it's, right. So what kind of charging station is that? 
That's the J J plug that he has. Yeah, J seventeen seventy two. So could so, he charge you know, people like a coin slot, and so people just could just come up. If there. I don't know what that is, what is it? So, Terry, you want to explain sure. how the charging so, systems okay, work? Okay, so so if Richard's say your biggest battery is uh, twenty eighteen kilowatt hours. Or it's it? twenty. Say so it's twenty. Okay, so twenty kilowatt hours. If you plug into a regular one ten outlet, that'll put out about fifteen hundred watts continuous. Can't really exceed that. So you know we're looking somewhere around uh, maybe about a ten to twelve hour charge time. Usually not going to be completely completely empty when you get home, but that would be overnight. I mean, by the time you you plug in at eight o'clock at night, you're ready to go by eight o'clock okay. the next morning if you were empty. Um, but if you use a J seventy seventy two charger, that'll charge at about six kilowatts. Is this the weird-looking plug that you plug your dryer into? You can plug those into the weird dryer plug. Right. So those are typically 50-amp, 220-volt mm-hmm. plugs. So that's about 11 kilowatt, kilowatts. So that'll charge uh, our small pack in about an hour and the big pack okay. in almost two hours. Yeah, and then standard charging stations that are everywhere are 6 kilowatts. That's 30 amps at 208 volts. And you charge his biggest pack in three hours and the small one in a little over two. Is that right? That's right. Yep. And so, and Terry, you have a card, yep. right? Yep. Sure. So you go to a charging station. He has, it's like a uh, it's like a credit card or something mm-hmm. that he puts in, and then they charge him for the juice. So they charge to, him for the charge. Yeah. yeah. So so it's like seventeen cents or something. Yeah. So Terry, how much yeah. does it cost to fill up? I mean, honestly, still, still seventy-five percent of the places I go, it's still free. So uh, on the way back today, I stopped in at New Leaf Markets with uh, Isaac and uh, charged there for free for an hour while I got a little drink and something. To eat. But most of the time, it's about thirteen to twenty cents a kilowatt hour. There are some places that will charge up to fifty cents a kilowatt hour that are really trying to make a profit. But if you have to charge, you have to charge. You can choose <laughs> fifty not cents at a time. Yeah. <laughs> this is how this is how we get you. Yeah. 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 I mean, mo- most Look of the time, Rockefeller. Most of the time, I'm willing to pay anything if I need to charge, so, but uh, it's usually free still. Yeah. Um, so got it. Uh, you're saying per kilowatt hour? How how many roughly how many miles per dollar do you get? It's about a penny a mile, and I think Richard's is about Fuck. the same, probably. About the same. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing with electrics that's, is that's it, like it doesn't matter if you've got the most fire-breathing, crazy performance beast. It's still insanely efficient. With, that, with, yeah. uh, that's right. There's no economy penalty in having Richard's bike versus having the low-end zero. Uh, you know, unlike in a gas vehicle, when you have the big V8 engine in the truck, it's going to get worse gas mileage than your four-cylinder. It's not the case with electric. You can have a big motor, and it actually is almost more efficient. So, but like for instance, crossing the country, you guys are talking about costs. It's about two thousand five hundred miles. I can do that for about twenty-five dollars in electricity. I, <laughs> yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't catch a train to cross the country for less than that or a bus. Nope. The cheapest way is to drive an electric motorcycle across the country if you want to travel. Um, all right, so Richard, now here I'm going to really try and get you to give me a number. Get him. So I was talking about what's going to tip the scale, and I know it'll be a slow, slow tip, but what time frame do you think that we're looking at that I assume if the performance comes down, because the performance is already outweighed oh, any other bike, if you bring the performance down and you bring the price down and the charging time down to where it's going to be competitive with the the bikes that we're all riding today what kind of time frame are we talking 5 10 50 years what do you think the the bikes will be competitive price and performance uh, i think within 5 years so you hear that and, like this is happening right now everyone i know and right in, here. in a, a lot of parts of the world um, and, and and that some of them are more progressive than we are 
and even in, in our own country here, the West Coast and the East Coast have the in infrastructure set up, and th it's happening right now. But then you get places like Iowa. Maybe it doesn't seem to happen as much yet. A lot of European countries. So, so okay. one, one of the things that really encourages me is my commute every day is about 28 miles mm -hmm. from our house mm -hmm. to our shop. And so we drive on 85 and 101. And three years ago, if we saw an electric car, I was grabbing my wife going, look, look, there's a Leaf, there's right. a Tesla. Right. And now we're seeing three or four electric cars in a row. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just common. You know, so, you know, 30, 40% of the cars in the carpool lane during the commute time are electric now. And and, you know, th a few years ago, that just wasn't happening. And so what what comes first, the vehicle or the infrastructure to support it? The, the, the infrastructure works now. I mean, you can... Mm -hmm. You can drive anywhere in the country in an electric car and, and charge. It's you know it exists. Every place there's a plug you can you can charge. It's not fast enough, but the the charger network's getting built out. I mean, there's 33,000 electric charging stations in the U.S. right now. Wow. And then. And I, I think there's I, I think that compares to 3,000 gas stations. All right. Wow. Now, and I know yeah. Terry, yeah. You, you speak this a lot better. Yeah. Uh, how, okay. How do we how do we bring up about the Tesla and the charging stations? Are those going to become available to others? Because that's an infrastructure that's being built right now. So we have two types of Tesla chargers right now out there. We have the superchargers, which is uh, Ro Richard was talking about as far as DC <coughs> fast charging. Mm -hmm. Then we have the destination chargers, which are their high power wall connectors. Those are about to be opened up for everybody through a commercially available product that'll just let you use your J1772. The difference is. J1772 is usually limited to 30 amps, where the Tesla stations are going to be 80 amps. Mm. Um, right now, they're mostly at high-end hotels. I think there's like 3,000 of those, but Elon Musk plans on making it like 30,000 because because of basically the Model 3 demand was so much higher than he thought it was. Mm -hmm. He is going to basically flood every street corner with a charger for a Tesla. So um, so there's not, people don't complain, say, oh my gosh, there's too many cars on the road, there's not enough charging stations. He's going to eliminate that problem to begin with. So, But we'll be able to use those depending on the hotel owner. So if you're traveling around an electric motorcycle or a uh, a non-Tesla car, it's really up to the hotel's discretion whether you get to use that station or not. Tesla just gives them away, but the uh, hotel owner has to pay to have the electrical contractor come out and pay for the electricity. So it's really his call what he's going to do. The um, the Tesla cars already have a uh, converter to use Chatamo. So, you know, we sort of thought of this ethically. Is this fair to Tesla owners? And, you know, if, if they're going to be able to use the other stations out there, then it's only fair that we get to use theirs as well. So... So yeah, so this is pretty cool because everyone knows about the electric cars. Like I said, my parents have a Tesla and a Leaf. That's happening, but this will actually help the electric motorcycles too. And something that I love about this industry is because they're all here, and, and Richard knows this, that everyone kind of is helping each other. And when I've talked to people from other companies, and certainly we've had you know other CEOs in here, they all have profound respect for the other companies and what they're doing. And you know. Uh, there's that's something that's great you guys aren't competitive and you're everyone is helping which uh helping each other and supporting each other um which is making this happen even faster I yeah think. for the for the next five ten maybe even 15 years the uh the the competition right now for all of us for richard zero tesla everybody it's literally public opinion and public knowledge on what electric yeah. vehicles well, can do in it's the industry not, uh, you're going up against uh, 
internal combustion machines, correct? So as, as uh chargers found the building we're in. Did she, <laughs> as did she the electric the market no. progresses, you're going to find yourself competing against more electric motorcycles and more sure. electric machines. Right. So sure, as happen. of right now, you're you're oh. kind of up against. There's there's eight million gas bikes I think on the road in the United States right now. There's a long time to go before we have to worry about competition with each other. Right. You know. Let me ask you this: since you, you you've gone out there and you're setting records, what what do you have coming up? Are you do you have are you out to prove anything else or have you already just well, the, done that for competition? The, mm-hmm. the the next big event is the Iowa Man. We want to go there right. and and, yeah. and try to redeem ourselves. You know, hopefully a third time's a charm. But the the biggest thing is to try to be successful in the market. So the the next bike that we're coming out is more affordable. We're also going to come out uh, probably early next year with one more crazier yet bike than the LS2. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. How long do we have to wait to see see these pictures? Uh, you know, it's going to look a lot like mm-hmm. the OS218, okay. but it's going to make a lot more power. It's a hover bike, isn't God. it? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like 500 everywhere. horsepower instead of 200. So. <laughs> I just I, what was it? I believe it's 3... 380? Serious? <laughs> <laughs> is there any motorcycle on the road that produces 300 plus horsepower? Yes, no. you can get a you can get a turbo Hayabusa to do that much. You can okay. get him to do 500 if you want What's, to. <laughs> what so about you need that, a 1400? <laughs> that Dodge Tomahawk. <laughs> the do- the what? It's four wheels. Yeah, the Tomahawk. Yeah. <laughs> it's four uh, wheels. Four wheels. Yeah, yeah. Four wheels. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they, they do this. But. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's just fucking like ridiculous. Gobs <laughs> it's and amazing. gobs of power. Like, what? What do you? Do we have a tire that'll hold that? I mean, I think really. And you stop I, trying to be rational about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, yeah. Shut this up, is a motorcycle. I just imagined three hundred horses in one place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think all of this, all of this is just showing the potential. Exactly. I mean, the next evolution. Of you know, we went from the steam engine to the combustion engine uh, to the electric. Well, and it's just <laughs> mind-numbing the numbers that it's doing. So you've got X amount of horsepower and X amount of battery time. Could you not reduce the X amount of horsepower to increase the battery time? No, it, it's, it, it's exactly what Terry was do saying. You need that much. It's exactly what Terry was saying. So you know, if you've got a um, you know, uh, a Hayabusa, and you're riding against a 250 Ninja. The Hayabusa is going to go a fraction of the distance on the same fuel riding together. Right. Mm-hmm. But with a high-powered electric bike, you have less copper losses, less electrical losses than you do a smaller power bike. So you can actually go farther on the same amount of energy on a high power bike yeah. than you can a, a right. e- equal or farther. Okay. So it's, it's moving so forward. You, uh, it's it's really counterintuitive. Yeah. You know. Something you said to me outside, Richard, really resonated with me. This is such an exciting time because you said we're about about where internal combustion engines were in 1910 with electric stuff. So you just think (laughs) about what's coming down the pipeline. You know, you think about what the internal combustion engine was in 1910 and where it is now. Oh, God. And we're just tipping the iceberg with electric power. I mean, it's... it's so exciting. You know, it's a really great point because they used to put lead in gasoline, you know, and and we're kind of moving. That was to weight it that. down. Yeah, right, right. To keep it on the ground, sure. Well, um, we, we've got we've got a great thing coming with electric. Well, one, first of all, 
for for somebody that's got you know wants the best bike on the market, being able to buy it for thirty eight thousand dollars is pretty amazing. But there is uh, you know just a couple of years ago, everybody in the industry was paying around a thousand dollars per kilowatt hour for a battery, you know, and it's been coming down. I think now lots of companies are getting for around six hundred. I mean, I know Richard uh, Enerdale sells a very very high performance still, but I think um, you know there's talks that within five years or so we're going to be down around the three hundred to two hundred dollar range for a kilowatt hour for for a basic cell that would go on a leaf for instance um, or the the Panasonic eighteen six fifty that Tesla's using but it should mean that's your tipping point right there it should mean yeah. it should mean eventually that you're going to be able to get you know Richard's type of performance and it'll it'll hopefully one day not anytime soon so don't if you're going to buy think about buying a lightning right now just go ahead and do it but you know in a couple <laughs> in a couple of years we might see something a little less expensive at similar performance numbers right right Richard well both Tesla and General Motors have stated publicly that their price now for the cells is sub $200 a kill a kilowatt hour wow so and you know, it was a thousand dollars a few years ago. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Well, I think what else is really going to make things change, and maybe you can speak on this. It seems that electric vehicles are are prime right now for racing, but I don't see them in races that much. Is there controversy? Like, do they need to create their own categories. Do they not let you race against gas bikes? Because uh, how is this working, and so, why aren't they more pro- prominent? So we, we can race in AFM. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are events where they allow mm-hmm. electrics to race. It's the reason we raced at Pikes Peak is they would us race in the open class against all the other bikes. But you know, a GP race is uh, forty to fifty miles. Mm. So right now, racing over thirty miles, the bikes start getting heavier. So thirty-eight miles, you know at the Iowa Man, that's a challenge for an electric bike right now. And so, you know, carrying the speed and the and the, the acceleration you need to, rate it, to run a GP race, mm-hmm. you can't get the bike light enough yet, or we couldn't do it. Maybe somebody can. Okay. The batteries are just, you know, too big to do that. But, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of other events where they can compete well. All right. That, that, that answers that. I was wondering why. I haven't seen it more. All right. So, um... I, I want to get to a question for both Richard and Laws, our, our guest on the couch, <laughs> that I think you're both prepared for, I hope. Here it comes. Um, so I, I want to know, Laws, you've gotten to ride some of the world's best bikes, mm. and Richard, you've made one of the world's best bikes, but surely, for both of you, there is a bike out there that you would take it up the butt for. So I'd ask for both of you, what is your up the butt bikes? Why don't you start this one, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's turning like, red. Like, like a lot of people, I'm a huge fan of John Britton in, in Britain's mm-hmm. bike. There it is. Oh, yeah. 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 But yeah. if I could only choose one, it's the next bike that we're going to build. It's the LS218. Mm-hmm. There you go. Look how he did that. Look how he did that. What's it called? The LS218 and a half? LS218R. R. What's the R stand for? Uh, the, the really bad really fast <laughs> real good ridiculous it, so basically you are making other people's you're making a butt worthy bike does it feel nice to make your own butt candy nice. stands for rectal <laughs> oh. All right, it Laws, stands for rectal how about you I know you've been a lot of bikes <laughs> yeah. but surely there's something out there that has been out of your reach well I I reckon I'd probably take it up the butt for a lightning what do you say Richard <laughs> <laughs> 
things up here. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's old we're in California. You're pretty open, you know. <laughs> no judgment here. Uh, in the in the in the world of um, of sort of large scale production bikes, I reckon it's the 1290 KTM Super Duke. That thing's amazing. Yeah. 150 k's an hour in fourth gear. Bark up the up the front wheel comes and you can wheelie till about 230 240. Yes. That is just a sick sick motorcycle. Me but it can't do a damn thing compared to what the lightning bike can. So, uh, yeah. Nice. Mm. Nice. All right. So um, we're going to get to some emails real quick because we've got a lot to cover. But, Doug, let's see if you can get through yours. <laughs> I got mail. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so we got, <laughs> we got a special gift in the mail the other yes, day. Yes, we and did. And Liza oh. texted me. She's like, were you expecting something at my house? And I was like, No. But what we got was a special gift from Eric and Duran Morley. Yeah. These are guests that uh, came up about six weeks ago Mm -hmm. from Orange County. They're listeners, and we love them very much. Uh, They say, hi, Misfits. Greetings from Orange County and Duran's Dirty Garage. Uh, On behalf of Duran and myself, we wanted to thank you for the opportunity to be on your podcast. We are truly inspired by your community, passion, and desire to share knowledge of the motorcycle world. We always look forward to your show on a weekly basis and look forward to the next time that we can come up there. Appreciate all the moto love and humor. Eric Morley and Duran Morley. Uh, attached to this note was a like half of liter of <laughs> Hi. of tequila that is really almost gone. Almost gone. I don't even seven hundred fifty milliliters. I don't even freaking like tequila, but this shit was good. So I don't even guys. drink, and I took a swig. It was These guys are my favorite. Thank What's you so much. It's arrested. Um, to do it. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks for listening, and we look forward to your next visit up here. Cheers. Yeah, thank you very much. That Cheers so very much. Wow, that, is, that was very good. We do a shout out to Zach's taking yeah. a swig right now. It's only my seventh. <laughs> it's, very, it's very smooth. All right, Kat, yeah. what do you got over here? Uh, I've actually got a letter from Nitrous Chris, who's hey, Chris. a rad dude. Um, I always love to, to get letters and mail from him just because he puts up with me in a blind panic messaging him. Uh, about welding (laughs) so um thank you for still putting up with that um he's in wisconsin uh he says howdy from wisconsin hey chris um and he said that something from the last show really resonated with him um and he realized unfortunately that he is a douchebag So to, to fill everybody in, the, the douchebag was the person who judges other people, but they didn't think that they were a judger, and they finally realized they are. Totally like, judger. I yeah. was, I was the judger. douchebag. Yeah, yeah, you were the asshole. <laughs> I was the douchebag. So he uh, he rides a ton. This this guy gets around. He's he's no joke out there. Um, and he went to the Milwaukee Rally weekend um, and got to witness to all the types of riders and situations that made him most angry (laughs) so uh he would ride solo and go around and play a game where he would test and randomly join groups of riders and this is all types of riders mostly um they're cruiser riders though 
um, since yeah. they're not all Harleys out there. Um, he would just fall in and observe and see how they reacted. Uh, most of the time, they would actually stagger their formation and acknowledge his existence and be super chill about it. Cool. Meanwhile, in his helmet, he's rattling off all the things that make him angry. Um, so <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> Sounds like a friend I know. And, uh, um, <laughs> he would get super riled up in his helmet and go, you know what? I'm gonna blast these fuckers on. Not he didn't say exactly that, but I'm gonna blast these people on online later tonight. I'm really excited about this. All these things that they're doing wrong, like they're not wearing gear. Wait, they're, they're Internet, here's doing, me. Yeah, and he was listening to the podcast and realized um, that he is a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> We've um, all got a little bit of douche. He was judging them, <laughs> and in quotes, I was judging them the way they may have judged me. How does that make me a better person or rider? Who am I to decide how they enjoy two wheels? If they want to ride a hundred miles a year with their buds for a few events that they can get out for, good for them. I don't know what their life situation is as well, and they don't know mine. Uh, there, There's a tool for... Is there always a tool in every crowd? Hell yes. <laughs> but now I see I've wasted too much time looking for reasons to hate on cruiser riders <laughs> and just feel I don't want to be that guy anymore. So after hearing all you make statements similar to they aren't bothering me, I feel from this point on I will be b a better motorcyclist. Just because someone doesn't wave doesn't mean I shouldn't stop waving at them. Because in time, that guy will will get it and just maybe be a better motorcyclist, him or herself. Great show, great topic. From Nitrous Chris. Thanks, Chris. Right. Hell yeah. Cool story, cool story bro. <laughs> yeah, right. my, my deal is <laughs> just, just get out of my way, please. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, the real douchebags are okay. sumo riders. No, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's shit. It's true. No one has to get out of your way, Nock. You get around them. Well, like. so yeah. just get, out, get in my way, you know. I, I, I'm starting to smell a little bit like vinegar in here. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Isaac, what do you got? I got an email. Um, so this one's super long. Um, this is from Claudio Martino. It's not actually long. It's three lines. Hello. After the podcast where you talk about the deaf guy who wants to ride, that's Christopher. He's right here. I wonder if you know about this girl. And it's a Wikipedia link to uh, uh, the article for article for Ashley Fialek. Yeah. Yep. Love your podcast. Thank you for your good mood. Claudio Lisboa, Portugal. Yeah. Cla uh, Ashley Fialek is, uh, I think she won she's some championship. Rad. She's rad. She's a motocrosser. Yeah. And uh, she's fully uh, hard of hearing. I think she's completely deaf. And one of the ways she knows where to shift is she hits the rev limiter and hits the tack on her bike and she shifts. <laughs> yeah. So she doesn't hear, but she feels the bike. I think she's retired now, from what I understand, but yeah. Yeah, she okay, is. Cool. So this yeah, is, have this is not the same woman we saw online a year ago who's she a motocross racer that there was, was a, in a documentary Why we ride. about. She was in Why We Ride. Yeah. This is the same woman? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, thank you for sending that in. And Christopher is here. And I shared that with him and showed him video of her. And he was so impressed. Yep. So that was really cool. Knock, what do you got? Oh, I got a letter. Oh, yeah. Newbie mm -hmm. from Michael Miller. 
Hey, I just found you guys pipe. Oh god, here we go. <laughs> I give you the shortest. Hey, you wanted this from me. Just shut up, man. <laughs> hey, I just found your guys' podcast about a day ago, and it's awesome. <laughs> uh, love what you guys do. The spirit and community bond. You guys have something very special. Hope uh, more awesome stuff is on the way. We try. We just sit here and record. And we Prepare try. to be <laughs> underwhelmed. Yeah, exactly. Don't. <laughs> yeah, right. Get used to being disappointed. Is what I learned in life. Just you know, that way when good that things from? happen. Who's that from? It Mike. Happens. This is from Michael Miller. Oh, Michael Miller. Okay. Thank you. Emma, what do you got? Um, I have an email here from Roy Hanks. Hey, Roy. Hey, Roy. Uh, Roy actually shares the same name as a very successful sidecar racer from Birmingham, England. Yeah. Nice. Uh, who's probably retired now, but... Um, anyway, Roy. You mean Roy? Yeah. Long-time listener, first-time caller, transplanted Bay Area denizen. Hey. All right. Very nice. Um, you mentioned Hadaka motorcycles in your uh-huh. last podcast. When I was a kid, we all lusted after Hadakas. They were a big step up from riding friends' taco minibikes that, for brakes, had a steel plate that drug <laughs> on the rear tire. Now that like is like Douglas's bike. Yeah, yep. like Douglas's bike right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, this is such a familiar story. My parents were not big fans of motorcycles, so we never got a chance to own a Hadaka. Well, it's got a happy ending. So fast forward to this year, and I came across a notice for an event called Hodaka Days. I did not know this existed. Oh, yeah. And we've... um, www.hodakadays.org. Does this mean that somewhere in the world there's Honda Elite Days? Probably. Maybe. No. No. <laughs> no, there are not. So, so, on some dimension, yes. Yeah, every day is an elite That's day. like an intersection in, in Taiwan or something. Or yeah, no, it's, 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 it's some street Vietnam. corner in Bangkok. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so finally, at age 60, that's him, not me, um, I had the chance to rekindle my admiration for Hadakas, maybe recapture a little of my youth, at the same time a little fearful that it might not live up to expectations. (laughs) Well, apparently it did. So, every year during the last week of June, the tiny town of Athena, Oregon, which was the original home of Hodakas, throws a party. They make good gaskets, too. They make great (laughs) gaskets, Athena. so the local park becomes Hodaka Central, site of a Hodaka motorcycle <coughs> show, a field in the downtown area becomes a motocross track, and the local businesses hold the trials event on their property. That's cool. I've heard about the whole of this town just becomes um, motorcycle central. Um, he rode his Honda Hawk, 1,100 miles round trip, and he's going to do it again. Nice. Right? Nice. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm, I've saved the best bit to last. He wore his motorcycle and misfits yeah. t-shirt yeah. to the event yeah. on multiple yes. days. Roy, thank you. Pixar yeah. didn't happen. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Thank you for doing that. Yeah, and it is final line. Keep up your amazing work. That's you, Knock. All oh, right. <laughs> the whole group ah, of you. you. Oh, it's the rest of us, too. <laughs> the whole group of you and your podcast are great ambassadors for all of us who ride. What a Whoa, nice hold on a second. Whoa. That's a lot of weight shoulders. <laughs> so, uh... Thank you so much for writing in. This reminded me of of today when we pulled up to uh, Coralitos Meat Market to get a sausage. We saw a brand new 
Honda Africa Twin. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. It's actually really I think nice. Laws looking. Okay. Up the butt you, know, for that. you know why it looks cool? Because no? Italians <laughs> designed it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to spoil that bike for you right now because there is. La 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 It's a fabulous bike. However, um, there's an Australian um, celebrity from a few years back called Dame Edna Everidge. <laughs> and the Africa twin is wearing Dame Edna's glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah little cat eye glasses. That is exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So yeah, she so that's, that's the why Africa you say it's a fabulous bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fabulous, darling. Um, no. Little possums. Yes. Um, the Africa twin is wearing horn rim glasses. Yeah. Oh, nice. But w- it's a great bike. <laughs> All right, you've ruined it. It, it, it looked it. very flash, and we're. I'll only ever look jelly. at its butt. Hey, Charlie, what, what do you got there? I've got something from Paul. Uh, hey, Paul. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> Dear Mrs. <laughs> I am in search of. <laughs> Why do you think Charlie wants to sound like Charlie? I just lose it every time. I swear to God. Yeah. Oh, shit. Dear Miss I am in search of a used Gen 2 Yamaha FJR 1300 and would like some pointers on buying used bike. I, too, am a Craigslist whore and would like to, <laughs> and would like to hear some do's and don'ts. Um, concerning Craigslisting and buying a used bike in general. This is such wow, a huge how can of worms. <laughs> it um, is. Uh, well, first of all, if it's on a farm, walk away. I, <laughs> we have an entire I, episode I, about this. I forget yeah. which episode of Cleveland Moto, yeah. but there is an episode of Cleveland Moto that is entirely about Craigslist. You should listen to it because yeah. it's excellent. Yeah, Cleveland Moto is covered at the Shout best. Shout out to Phil. Also, any comments on the Yamaha FJR1300 be appreciated. Thanks. Paul, first, before you give the dude your money, get Paul him to, get, he, he <laughs> get has, him to well, give you the title and yes. match the title up to the frame and the engine. Yes. yes. Let me see the title first there's, thing. There's also, yeah. um, and is there any advantages slash disadvantage to buying a bike during winter when there is snow on the ground? Depends on where you are in the world. Yeah, I got yeah. a good yeah, deal once, cheaper. but yeah. I had to wait um, two months to get well, it out of the snowbank. There's also a really <laughs> clear disadvantage. You can't really test ride the bike when there's a ton of snow on the ground. So if you're going to buy a bike, make like a deal shake on it or do something and then wait until you can test ride it. Yeah, yeah we well, a matter can't. of opinion. It you depends can't, on you, how you, you can't are. test ride it unless you're, a, you know, if no. you're a pansy, you can't test ride it. The biggest yeah. advantage to buying a bike when there's snow <laughs> on the ground, the reason they're selling it is because they're probably moving or they need the money. They need it now. They can't wait till spring when it's worth its most. That is the time you can really play hardball and get the best price it's on a where, leverage. Where, where, leverage. Where, where, it's also the time when you can sell a broken transmission. Yeah, which <laughs> code flat track boots. That'll but be good for you. I yeah. wanted to get um, who's. Uh, got, who's familiar with the the FJR 1300? I am. I mean, it's I touted it as a sport a bike, but it's really a touring bike, right? No, it's, it's a sport tour. It's a, s- it's a sport tour. Look, bike. make no mistake, the FJR 1300 is a giant motorcycle. It's a good bike, but it's very rare to come across a bike that relies on the tires and suspension being in perfect condition quite so much if you've got a cup front tire on an fj 1300 it's gonna tell you if you've got a blown fork seal it's gonna tell you it's 
absolutely vital to maintain those bikes in perfect condition because it will bite your ass if it doesn't it is a big heavy motorcycle they're a lovely bike but my god when things go wrong they go wrong fast do the uh does the newer build is it still is it lighter or is it way the same no it's giant thing still same big they're huge it's it's a Um, big huge would you say they're better off getting a like a concourse i have a suggestion so no you know concourses are the same it's funny you know these big sport touring bikes you you've got to do make sure that they've been perfectly maintained because if if the tire pressures have been run low and the front tire gets cupped the things shake all over the road you know they're, they're big heavy bikes uh, or you could yeah. you could pick up a an ST eleven hundred, probably a ninety seven, like a red one. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody who's selling one in the Isaac, Bay Area. Isaac might have one for sale already. <laughs> yeah, they have cruise control. Well, this one does. So I'd say make sure that you really want that bike because people usually get that because they had it or you know there's a reason they want that one. They are cool bikes, but they they are a sport touring bike. Right. And so Michael. You yeah. have an email to read? I, well, I, it's more than an email. It's actually two emails that collectively <laughs> equal something approaching, like, Russian literature, Dostoevsky. Like, <laughs> this is a tome. Um, so, basically, the first email talks about a little bit about him, and then he realizes that he can write longer emails because we mentioned that on a previous show. So I'm going to go with the edited version. Um, <laughs> you, got, you got ten words. Yes, That's right. Yeah, my name is Sean. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. Happily Hi, married. Uh, listening to episode 152 about the whole Harley thing. Um... Uh, let's see. Anyways, a little bit about my story. Fell in love with bikes. My mom sat me on her lap when I was four and took me on a ride on a Harley, on a Honda Trail 70. Nice. nice. The gateway drug. Couldn't yep. get the shit-eating grin off my face for a week. I know that feeling. Um, first bike was a 99 XR70. Yep. My parents sold it on me. I didn't get another bike until 2012, which was a 96 Virago 1100. Uh, never rode on the street, nor rode anything in the last 10 years. I went and got my endorsement, took the bus to the guy's house, <laughs> gave him 1500 bucks, and went on my way. Nice. nice. After about a year and a half, I was riding with a friend on an 883. Uh, I was in front, going around a double apex. The second apex was a hell of a lot tighter than the first. Locked up the rear wheel, drifted about 15 feet, hit the dirt, and high-sided. Huh. Um, long story short, he jumped off the bike. His buddy's bike came right around the corner, hit him square in the shins. They both limped back to the house to make repairs. Um, He now has a 2002 Harley 1200 uh, Custom, which he lovingly refers to as Shelly. If you read my email, I'll tell you about the story of the iron butt we pulled off. Um, His up-the-butt bike is an HP6 Concept by BMW. Yeah, Yeah, those are cool. Or an old uh, Yamaha TZ750 race bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but his question is, and he does have a question, and it, it appears in both emails, is he wants to know what do we all do for a living? So I guess we well, can go for around so the room. Or? The, well, Jesus the Christ. reason that we... I, I ride motorcycles for a living. The, the reason I, that I we work so I can ride motorcycles. don't talk about it is we all work in the adult sex industry. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Except for Kat, who works at a cell phone kiosk. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Laws does ride motorcycles for a living. I guess I do. People <laughs> <laughs> give me money to do that. Liza. That's pretty fucking yeah. great. Hey, that's, that's brilliant, man. It's we great. can touch on that real quick. It's funny because it's Kat, true. Kat, we already know 
you work at a, <laughs> uh, a cell phone thing. I know. I sold my soul to the devil a long time ago. And Isaac, now I work for a cell phone company. <clears throat> I'm a barista. Liza. I'm a I'm a professional dyke. <laughs> I sell hard, I As sell, opposed to an amateur. I sell hardware to hardware stores. It doesn't get much dykier than that. <laughs> it's pretty dyke. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, Zach. Uh, I'm I'm a web developer. Is underpaid for that role. <laughs> I'm a professional dyke wrangler. <laughs> I'm a ex stock trader, but current EV ambassador. There you go. Uh, yes. I'm a professional gin drinker. <laughs> nice. And also mechanic, right? Yeah, alas. <laughs> I'm I'm actually a professional motorcycle mechanic. Yeah. And we know well, Richard's got a title. Big three he letters. He owns a motorcycle company. <laughs> motorcycle company. Yeah. Get, uh, get, get rich quick scheme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, nice. I'm a uh, feature writer and uh, video producer for newatlas.com, which used to be called Gizmag, but now yes. they can't call us Jizmag anymore. <laughs> Wait, you're not the guy from Jizmag? I, I totally am the guy from Jizmag, but we're now called New Atlas. Oh, okay. Yeah. I am a Dyke Wrangler Wrangler. <laughs> no, I, I work for Costco as a, a tire shop supervisor. Charlie. I, I work in HVAC. Sheet metal. Yep. That's and, heating, uh, venting, and air conditioning. Right. Micah. I um, work for futuristiclights.com, which sells rave gloves, so I ship those. Cool. Word. <laughs> Fucking rad. <laughs> Michael, what do you got? I, I'm a high school t- teacher and, like, a part-time bastard. Yeah, but Wait, you do, like, you use yeah. air on the way to work. What so did I, you used to do? Well, I was a soldier for a long, long time, and then I worked in a motorcycle shop. And and what did you fix in the I, army? I fixed tanks. Exact. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> well, there, there's a big difference between tanks and motorcycles. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. it's got wheels. It's fucking cool. So, but the thing that we all have in common, that all of our jobs are to support our habit. Yep. Right. Yep. Yes. Scotch. I mean, motorcycles. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. motorcycles. Definitely. <laughs> definitely motorcycles. Hey, um, and real quick, since we're um, getting ready to shut this down, I wanted to do an update last week uh, we read an email about the distinguished gentleman's ride and the uh, questioning the validity of their um, their numbers mm-hmm. uh, taking 30% out. Um, Why has it got yeah. a people on this? I think I so read that email. I actually went to a professional who uh, does fundraising and nonprofit work and she's a gun for hire who does this and I had her look into it and she actually followed them back to the parent company that actually does provide more numbers and she said this looks straight up legit they have a well-run website and the parent company of which they have many different ways of collecting money is collecting a buttload of money sorry it's a poor pun for the that they're doing great things they have a well-run website and you would never expect them to be paying for individual cities but one of his complaints was requesting money to buy like orange vests for the riders um, that's not what they do this the bottom line is they are not a 501c3. This is a for-profit company that raises money for nonprofits. Yeah. 
and that they did have everything straight and they look legit and so I just wanted to let everyone know that I did have a professional look into it and it looks bona fide I didn't want to put any bad name on did the you say bonafide she said bone could you like oh, yeah, do that thing with my seatbelt again so since we're wrapping up I wanted to thank Richard and 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 Laz both of you for coming but Richard um, yeah thanks for putting up with our bullshit man I really appreciate yeah. it <laughs> it's ridiculous we want to make sure that people know where they can see find out more about your bikes possibly um, possibly buy one where do they go to do that uh, they could place an order on our website lightningmotorcycle.com mm-hmm. they could come by 933 American Street San Carlos uh, set up a test ride see the bike see what we're doing Awesome. And and just, I think, the message out there to everyone and what we are broadcasting from the amazing things that are happening right here in our backyard with all of the uh, companies that we have here, there's big things coming. And this is kind of the message I keep trying to share. Like, really big things. And if those numbers that this bike is putting out don't just (gasps) blow your mind... I mean, this is a bike that... probably dead on the inside. You could go by. This is an attainable bike. Well, so. you remember what Craig Vetter said when he was here. He's like, he's seen the motorcycle world for the last 50 years, and what's happening in the last three years with electric is the biggest change in motorcycling he's ever seen in his life that's going to change the industry for forever. Yeah. Right. So thank you for being a part of it, and we're going to keep up with you, and hopefully if you have uh, new announcements or new bikes uh, to share, you'll let us know, and we will share that with our listeners as well. Sure. Well, thanks for inviting me. This is great. Yeah, yeah I hope you had fun. You yeah, spend a good amount oh, yeah. of time here. You saw the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> it was a busy day today. Like yeah, I never oh, seen so many motards pull up in the parking lot. Holy shit, like, oh, it was geez. busy. Motards. I know. And Laws, I hope you'll drop by again in the future now that you know that we're here. Fucking nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're in California and you want to just fuck around some more, and we, can, we got a lot more roads yeah. to show you, man. There's yes. lots of gas stations yes. around here, too. Yep. I, <laughs> <laughs> I am dead set in. You, you guys have got some amazing roads to ride on, and uh, and what a great community you got going here. Super fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks. So, um,. If you would like to send us an email, uh, you can do that at motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Go there and you'll find the links to send us an email. Um, you'll find a link to buy a t-shirt. I've sold that last double XL. Did you? I did. So we're down no to medium, what? large, extra large. So thank you to all the people who ordered shirts and also to the Patreon contributors. Yes. We are yes. slowly getting thank more you. and more Patreon contributors. And I just want to let everyone know that um, the money that's going into there, I'm letting it build up. And we're going to use that to buy the new, help buy the new tent skin that I've also been charging rent out there. Um, but we're going to use that money for improvements and things that the garage yeah. needs. Yes, thank you so much. So we really appreciate that. Um, also, for people who leave reviews, I love reading the reviews. They're so yeah, awesome. It's it's like it's like almost while we do this whole freaking thing. Uh, it it's is. just to read the reviews because you know <laughs> you can stroke our egos. Please, and we please stroke love our it. egos. I love it. So yeah, if you want to go there and leave a review, send us an email or do a voicemail. You can do that at eight three one two nine one. 
5112. Yeah, we, we've said that so many times, and when people ask me my cell phone number, I recite that. And I go, oh, shit, wait, <laughs> that's not my number. Yeah. I forget my cell phone number. Zach, why don't you give the contact info? But she just did that. Not, she did one aspect of it. She didn't do it the way you do it. No, exactly. <laughs> okay. It's not yeah. the same. I was gi- he's drunk. I was giving him a No, break. I'm good. I'm good. All right, go for it. So you can find us online at MotorcycleSmithFits.com on Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz. Send us an email at RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. And uh, the number they the already recycled. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't know it. God, that was rattled uh, off like uh, you're writing uh, a signature yeah. until the last part, and it just all fell he apart. He can do that. Completely. No, I can do that, but they did the drunk. number before I did <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, you're fine. No, they did the number before I did it. All right, let's get, let's get out of here, y'all. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. This is Eliza. Oh, it's me. Meow. I am Zach. <laughs> Isaac. This is Knock. Electric Terry, go electric. Emma. Richard. Lozo. This is Douglas, go 650. Hi. <laughs> Micah. And Michael. And then we got the peanut gallery back there. Just, just holler. Just say hi. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, we are out of here. Cool. cool. cool.